podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Richie. Maybe on Walker. Pew. Pew! That'll do it! That will do it! Pew for Bournemouth! The roof of the gold sands is raised! Everyone here knows what that could mean to this football club. Hello, good morning, happy bank holiday. Welcome to episode 123 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. It's as easy as one, two, three. Well, not in the case of AFC Bournemouth. As Catherine Tate once said, am I bothered? And reading between the lines, well, that was the message that was gleaned from most of the post-match cherry soundbites. So despite our 1-0 loss at the Chairboys on Saturday, the feeling of concern from fans is not quite empathised by the staff of AFC Bournemouth, as it was a turgid showing, a much-changed side which gave the home side the impetus to put in an excellent performance, full of grit and desire, twins with an early wonder strike which, well, it could grace any goal of the month competition. The concern for Bournemouth fans is loss of momentum and perceived lack of squad depth as well because not many of the stand-ins particularly put in shifts which will give Woodgate a selection headache with Roro potentially being one of the exceptions. So how are we feeling ahead of the end-of-season lottery? Well, on this pod, I'm joined by Jeff Hayward, Tom Jordan and Mr Tiggs in order to analyse the game and plus we'll talk about our likely potential semi-final clash and that's going to be against Swansea. The fun and nervousness starts here. Jeff, how are you? A little bit baffled by yesterday, you could say. Left me wondering. Yeah, it did. Tom Jordan, you weren't on the seat of your pants against the chair boys, were you? No, no, it wasn't uh, the most enjoyable game, but um, our players certainly had the uh, deck chairs out, didn't they? Um, <laughs> good. And Tiggs, how are you, sir? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not too worried about yesterday. I mean, I'll still be chairing the boys on when we get into the playoffs. Well, this week I didn't prompt you, so I'm very, very pleased with some of these puns that we've had. But Tom, I'll start with you. Mm. Not a great day yesterday, was it? No, it wasn't. Um, like I say, made probably more changes than we expected, but still looked like we had a decent team on paper. But mm. just didn't didn't happen from minute one, did it really? Um, nothing really got going. It was really, really not a, not a good watch. Um, wasn't an enjoyable game, but we got bigger fish to fry. So. Um, it's not. It's, it's the best time to lose, I suppose. But um, hopefully, we'd have learned from from that. Mm. You look at teams like Brentford, though, Jeff, and they dispatched Watford two 0 Congratulations to Norwich City, by the way, on winning the title. Well deserved. Oh, did Watford um, come second again? They did. Oh. Always the bridesmaid, eh? But oh, Jeff, Brentford have got that bit of momentum, and I don't know how many players they rested yesterday, but they didn't need to. But they convincingly beat the Hornets and. They're going to be feeling positive now, and we are feeling the opposite. I think Brentford, after the last couple of weeks, are going to feel 
that it's theirs to lose. You know, they've done double over us. They're on a good run of form. They've started winning again instead of drawing. And I would be full of confidence if I'm a Bees fan. I think they're, they're in the best place of all the teams going into the playoffs. Mm. Yeah, they are. And Tiggs, we did make changes heavily. And it almost reminded me of the early JT days where we almost over-rotated for the sake of it. There is some necessity this time with huge matches ahead. We can see why he did it. It's a bit of a balancing act for him, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I suppose the, the thing about it is well, interesting how many of those players have played a game for Woodgate before or more than one game for Woodgate. Not many. So in his whole time there, he's, he's been sticking with that same team and he's not been rotating and then he's brought these players in. So maybe we can't be too surprised by the result. No, we can't be. I mean, we had Jack Wilshire in, Tom, and mm. a lot of us were so pleased when he joined us for a second time on loan. But it's fair to say his stint's not been as effective this time. It hasn't. Um, and it was surprising yesterday. I, I thought he'd be able to really control the game for us in midfield. But um, yeah, and quite happened for him. What I will say is I think Woodgate will be thankful for him because Woodgate's first game, he was the man of the match uh, against Birmingham when he scored that weird header. But he was unbelievable that game. And uh, that was, like I say, that was Woodgate's first game. So that, that put us on a on a good little mini run at the time. So he has he has played his part. And, and you always look at things like, has he made people like Pearson step up a little bit because they know they've got a quality player like Jack Wilshere behind them. Philip Dillon has looked better since Jack Wilshere's come in. But... Yeah, he's, it's a difficult one. I always I always thought Jack would, would kind of come in and out of the team because of his fitness. I still think it's the same. As soon as he got to about 80 minutes yesterday, he went down and you thought, when was the last time he played 80 minutes for a club? Mm. It's probably over a year, probably even more than that, you know, without looking. And yeah, he's he's that type of player now. It's a real shame. But yeah, I, I wanted him to control the game a bit more yesterday. I really felt he could against that sort of side. But um, yeah, he's not. He's not. He's definitely not, not the same Jack Walsh as we saw first time around. But I'm still, I'm still happy with him in and around the squad and I still think he could be called upon um, in the playoffs if, if we need a bit of invention. And that. He has still got that quality in there. Like I say, let's not forget how well he did Woodgate's first game. I think in that formation, 4-3-3, Jack has been picked to play as a sort of uh, the guy who picks it up from the back four. Yeah. You know, he's the, he's yeah. the, most, he's the most, most withdrawn of those midfielders, which... When Pearson plays with Lerma, I think Pearson does that role. And I'm not sure that, that that is Jack's best position. I would prefer him to be a bit more advanced. And whether they were trying that yesterday, he just didn't seem to he didn't seem to play the the through balls that he played in that Birmingham game. I think you're you're right there, Tom. He was great in that game and he was playing a more advanced role. But when he's withdrawn, I think it exposes um his lack of pace, which, you know, has, hasn't played many games. He, I don't think he's necessarily um, always been blessed with great speed. Um, and the number of times yesterday, that as soon as he got the ball, they ganged up on him and, and he, he lost it. And, and I think, you know, losing the ball and not, not getting it back, you know, Jack, Jack is not great at defensive play. So, yeah, it, I don't think it plays to his strengths playing that that two withdrawn role. Anyway, you know, just just an observation. It's he like the champion. Go on, sorry, Jeff. No, I just don't, don't think he had a brilliant game yesterday, and that was that was disappointing. We need that authority in midfield, and we didn't get it yesterday. 
it's almost like the championship is like the anti-Jack League, isn't it? Because we know if he's going to play in that position, he could probably he could probably pick out a perfect pass to feet from great distance, but he needs time to do that. And, and he's not given any time to do that in the way that the championship works. Um, and equally, you know, we know he can cross the ball, but he's not he's not got the time to get in those positions to to find somebody. So, um, yeah, it's, a, it's an odd thing. You do need him more advanced if you're going to get anything out of him, but you also need to find some time for him. So it's a bit like we talked about Billing last week, isn't it? You know, you've got the two players behind doing the work for him, doing the dirty work. If, if Jack hasn't got that, it's, it's not fair to ask Jack to do that. I think Lewis Cook's adapted to be able to do that more and more. And I think in Woodgate's head, you saw I've lost Lewis Cook. Yeah. Who's next in my pecking order? Oh, you know, Jack might be able to do that role. It's going to take a long time. That's not how he's played football his whole career, is it really? No, I think if we were, if we look at it, really, like I say, when he first came in, Jack, he was playing advanced and he was doing quite well and we were all really happy. Then because we were rotating him because of his injury record, Billing got a few chances in the advanced role and then Billing's just been amazing. So Jack's yeah. never played in that advanced role again because he can't, because Billing's too good at the moment. So I don't actually think it's Jack. I don't think he's played well when he's been deeper. But when he played advanced before Billing, he was quite good. But yeah, I agree with with that Tiggs as well. I think that JT tried to do it at the start of the season with Lewis Cook and it kind of worked. Having Lewis as like a deep line playmaker, I don't think it suits Jack. But I just think in general with Jack, it's just fitness. He hasn't had a pre-season. He's just playing catch-up all the time. Then he, he has to get rested and he just can't get... I think that's going to happen for him for a long time, unfortunately. But um, yeah, I was hoping he'd have a better game, to be honest. So it's one of a few changes with Jack Wilshere coming in, Jeff, and Roro was one of them. And do you sometimes feel sorry for players like Roro that have got these limited spells to impress? He's not had much of a run. Clearly, he was one of the stars of that performance yesterday. Um, you might say, well, it wasn't much of a, a sort of level to be the star in that performance. But he was the guy who played with a bit of energy, a bit of verve, and was making through balls and running at them, you know, creating creating opportunities, not not always making the right decision with the ball, but, you know, fair fair um, fair play to him. He, he made he made an impact when he's had limited chances. And I think that's the thing with Roro. He's at the start of his career and he's got that sort of energy and impetus. And you can, you know, he's got a point to prove and you can, you can see that in the way he plays. And I, I just question whether some of the other players yesterday, given that opportunity, really have that same desire or appetite or already are looking at playing for other clubs and thinking, you know what, I'll just turn up because I'm in the shirt, but I know I'm not going to be here next season. So, uh, you know, thoughts elsewhere. This was really up to the players, though, to impress their wallet ticks. It was their chance yeah. to put themselves in Woodgate's shop window. Roro did play all right, and he's an option from the bench. But there are some others where you think, nah, we're not going to be starting you against, well, probably in the last four games, because that's what we've got now. We've got the Stoke game that will provide that little bit of momentum. I don't think we can really do what we did versus Wickham against the Potters next weekend, because otherwise we're going to be starting cold against probably Swansea in the first of our semi-finals. So it's a shame, really, because none of them have really shown themselves to be a decent option. And, you know, Dan Juma, you know, he'll be starting. Solanke, he'll be starting. Pearson, he'll be starting. We almost know our side already. Yeah, we definitely do. I think we'll go back to what Woodgate had tried and tested. The two players I really feel for, I feel for Roro, because I think, after all the furore of us signing him and, and nicking him from Reading, who thought they had it in the bag with him, I, I think he would have played more games for them. 
So I feel for the guy, you know, he's come from a foreign country, come over here to live and play. Probably thought he'd get a bit more football than this for sure. I know there's an option to buy, but it doesn't look like we're going to, we're going to buy the guy at the end. And the other one I feel for is Mepham because yesterday he came in and I know we'll talk about later on, but he didn't have the finest game. But his, his chances have been so limited this season, especially now that we've got that partnership between Cook and CCV. I mean, the poor guy. I just think when we signed him, he was going to be, everyone was talking about how great he was as a, as a player. He's playing international football for Wales regularly. He's in their side, but he can't get into ours. I just, I think that, and we're never going to see him play well unless he's given a chance, given a string of games. I just don't think he's going to get that chance. So do we know what the issue was with Steve Cook, Tom? Um, was it neck? I think they said neck or back kind of injury, but he should be fine for, for Stoke as well. Um, he, he obviously must have had something, because I thought otherwise you would have had him on the bench, wouldn't you, just in case, yeah. because there was no centre-half on the bench. But yeah, it didn't sound like it was anything too serious, hopefully not. But um, yeah, no, I agree with that. And I will we'll add to, to the Mepham thing as well, is he's, I've never seen him play left centre-back of a two, never. No. He, he's played right centre-back with Steve Cook, right centre-back with Nathan Ake, right centre-back with Jack Simpson. Never seen him play left centre-back, but I, I totally appreciate it. You don't want to just suddenly move CCV, who's been great. So he's been out for so long and he just didn't look comfortable for minute minute one on that side. Um, he's probably never had a connection with Rico. I think they do make a difference. I always remember, um, I always felt Steve Cook now, who's been brilliant, and with Tommy Elphick, he was always left centre-back. And because Ake was so good, Cookie had to play right centre-back. I never felt he looked quite as comfortable. It does make a bit of a difference. And yeah, I did feel for Meps yesterday. And obviously, we'll get into early on. And even even attacking chances as well. Meps just didn't have a good game. And he was one, like Tig said, I really wanted. I wanted When I looked at the team sheet, I thought, I'd love to see Meps and Wilshire really have a good one a day. And that definitely didn't happen. Just want to add something quickly. I think we as football fans and... It's common for every club. It's not just us, but we're, we're impatient. You expect guys to come in after not having played for like 10 games. I don't know when it was. Mepham last played for us. Probably uh, probably QPR, maybe. Yeah. A long time ago. And you expect them to just like get straight in there and at it. And you expect them to be on the money. And we all do that. And we will say things like... Well, you know, they're paid a lot of money. They're professionals. They should be able to just come in and do a job instantly. And I think we overestimate uh, that their qualities and that and we underestimate just how difficult that is for players to come in and just slot straight in. It's not easy to do. Not easy for... I mean, the last time he played, I think we maybe even have been playing five at the back. So he's playing in a back four. It's all, it's all different for him. And I'm not making excuses, but it is an excuse. And And... Then you've got a question, well, how was the team prepared for yesterday? What was Woodgate trying to achieve? Did he really work with that 11 during the week really hard to get a result yesterday? And I think you can sort of, we'll come on to where we're at now, but you kind of feel maybe maybe the players, not heart, their heart not really being in it. Well, maybe there was, there was a sort of, okay, result doesn't matter. There's not, not, you know, priority is not to get injured. Not, not to, not to really trouble ourselves too much and uh, save ourselves for the important games to come. And I think that's what we got. So, anyway, just wanted to say that. And Jeff, I don't care what they say. You cannot replicate the match day competitiveness than a training ground, can you? Because when they're playing on maybe eleven v eleven on the training ground, you don't get that sort of intensity that you do on the pitch on a match day. And I know we haven't got fans involved or any of that stuff, but like at the end of the day, these players are going into the games pretty cold. So 
maybe maybe you could give that as a as a bit of an excuse for Chris Mappam. And you know what? He looked cold, didn't he? When he did. Wickham took the lead and it was Ikpiezu that scored it on four minutes. I mean, Tiggs, do you want to talk us through it? Because it was, I mean, let's face it, it was a wonder strike, wasn't it? It was a wonder strike. Very, very good. Um, there's not much we could have done, but I mean, we could have closed him down a little bit sooner. But the way he picked out that corner... And he's had uh, he's only got six goals this this uh, season so far, but for them that's excellent. That is excellent, uh, and his form has been increasing more and more. It's really interesting what you were saying there, Sam, about competitiveness, um, which is an excellent word by the way. Then that I think that's a problem that we've always had, even under Eddie Howe. When we ever we change players, we bring them in. Who are these? Even when we weren't in lockdown, who are these people playing week in week out? And this all goes back to the whole point about us getting an academy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Because, you know, who's Mets been playing during, you know, when he's not been in the first team? Who's he been playing against? I mean, there's there's no other fixtures for him to play. And even if there was, we'd be playing, what, Haven't or Louisville. So, um, yeah, but going back to, as you were saying, the goal, it was an excellent goal. I don't think we could have done much about it. I think, uh, I don't think Beggs could have done much about it. You just have to stand and applaud it. Uh, but how long was that after the game? A lot. So you think, that's all right, we've got time. I felt this during the first half, and I texted it to you afterwards. It had the feel of England in the last World Cup. It doesn't really matter if we lose to Belgium, but it's probably going to be better for us. We we face Colombia, and then it was Sweden or whatever. But it's almost like that. I think what you've got to remember is uh, Barnsley lost to, to Preston. If Barnsley had won, we'd be sixth. And then we would have been playing Brentford. Well, that's definitely not what we want, is it? No, so, no. yeah, so it would have been a bit silly um, unless we just knew that Preston would win. But yeah, I know what you mean. It It did feel like a, it just, It felt weird because it wasn't, there was nothing to it anywhere, was there? There was no patterns in the play. Like I say, you make, I think sometimes psychologically as well, you make seven changes. If I'm in the Wickham dressing room, if I'm a Wickham player or I'm Gareth Ainsworth, the manager, that, that's my team sheet. That's my, um sorry, my like kind of message to him straight away. My team talk is, these lot have made seven changes because they're playing you. That's how, you know, they think you're a walkover. That's, that's what I'd be saying to my players if I'm the Wicker manager. Right. I'd be saying, you know, they're trying to take the mech out of you here because they, they've, they've made seven changes because they think they can afford to because they're only playing Wickham. And I think that would fire you up if you're a Wickham player. Um, and I think it done that. And you would if you're a player. You think, oh, they think they can just make all these changes and just roll us over. And they really fought and they deserved, they deserved that because they, they fought hard. The whole time they did, they did when we played them at our place. They just didn't have enough quality. But this time, you know, great strike, and it it gave them something to hold on to, didn't it? When you play these sort of teams, sure, we'll get on to the fact that the three teams that are going to be relegated from this league, we haven't done well against. Um, but when you give them something to hold on to, they're a tough nut to crack. And it's, I know, it's a bit of a cliche, but they're the type of teams you need to get an early goal just to mm. kill that because you give them something to hang on to, and they'll they'll scrap all, all game long. And that's what Wickham did to their credit. Yeah, let's face it, Jeff. I think we do need to pay them some credit because they were so well defensively drilled. Uh, you know, as poor as we were, they made us poor in certain uh, circumstances. And I thought they were a really good side. And, you know, you look at it as a neutral, you wouldn't have ever known which team was at the top of the league and which team was at the bottom. If you want a blueprint for how to beat Bournemouth, you press us aggressively. And they did that. You force us to try and play all our fancy football in our own half because it's much higher risk. Junior gives up the ball for their goal, trying to fancy flip. They get they get um, they get a break against Meps and the guys does score a worldie. But it's it's because we were trying to play too much football in our own half, which is mm. what what Barnsley do to us or what they did to us when they beat us three two. It's what Cardiff 
did to us as well. You know, just just make Bournemouth play deep, and they'll struggle. And when we're when we're in that sort of uh, players not really confident of who who's on the pitch, you know, we concede a lot of that space to them because we don't know what we're doing very well. You know, the players aren't confident, and that's what happened yesterday. And I thought, I thought actually, you know, there, there's a lot of chat about. Well, you know, we had guilt edge chances and we had one right after they scored. You know, Junior gets that ball across, Brooks sort of loses his footing and half shouts for a penalty but doesn't get it. And there were a number of, of chances like that throughout the game where the ball didn't quite break for us or we, we sort of messed it up when it would have been a bit, you know, a bit more time, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. But you can say we were unlucky and we had chances to score five good goals yesterday. We didn't score one. But at the same time, we didn't maximise our chance to get those opportunities because we played so deep, so slow. You know, it's a bit like the JT days when we rotated the side early in the season and we got a performance like that. You know, the players sort of just thinking we just need to turn up and our quality will win out. And it, it just doesn't in this league. There are a number of players who I thought weren't particularly at the races yesterday, Tom. And Sam Surridge, I think, was one of them. Uh, but you're not convinced that being, you know, not being part of a two helps him? No, I just don't see Sam as, as that sort of player. I, I, I said it before the game. I, I like him off the bench. I think he's a really good option because because um, he's going to hassle and, he, and he, is, he is good for a goal off the bench, as we've seen. And I quite like when he's, when he's been up there with, with Dom as well. But what Dom gives you, when you've got a, when you're a lone striker, if you like, you've got to bring the other players into play, be, be good, good at link-ups, be able to drop off and link up and get people like Brooks, Stanislas, Raquel May into the game. Dom's very good at that, which is why I think quite a lot of the time we almost excuse sometimes when he has a bit of a goal drought because he's so good at linking linking the play and we see what he does. Um, and Sam's never been that. He's not a link-up player. And I felt him on his own, I thought that's going to be a struggle for him. He'll, he'll run hard for you all day long and he'll work his socks off. He'll win a few fouls for you. But he's not going to bring the others into play. And obviously, yeah, the chance he had as well. That was one I really thought he would take. Kind of come across goal, thought it would be a nice chance for him. A little poacher's finish, and he just sliced it. But I like Sudge, but and I, I totally get why you'd give him an opportunity. I think when we look at the in general, when we look at the kind of rotation and things like that, I think that's what you got to say as well. If if he doesn't play Surridge and he goes with Solanke, say, and then Solanke would get injured, say, in the first playoff game, Woodgate would say my strikers ain't ready. I need to play one of the strikers just in case because otherwise we're going to be relying on them in the playoffs and they ain't ready because Dom Solanke just starts every game. Yeah. And you need these players to be ready if they're called upon. So, you know, Steve Cook or Carter Vickers get to knock in the first playoff game. Mets wouldn't have played for months. And you think, blimmin' heck, you're bringing him out of the cold. At least he's got 90 minutes under his belt. Now, that's what I'm trying to look at as a positive. And I think that's what Woodgate tried to go with is thinking, you know, worst comes to worst. We need people like Mets to have actually had a game um, you know, they haven't played in months. So, yeah, maybe it was a little bit too many. Maybe Woodgate, if he'd done it again, would go half and half with the two games. But, yeah. you know, it is what it is. That that team still should have, should have performed better. And that's that's the simple fact. That If that team performed to its level, we beat Wickham. Mm. They didn't. Chances, as you say, there were sort of Paul Gascoigne-esque chances, sliding at the far post. Sam Surridge, as you say, slicing his shot. Other than that, it was very sporadic. Junior Stanislas was having a little bit of joy early doors down the left, which is his favoured position, but you know didn't really do anything to sell himself in that spot over Dan Juma, I've got to say. But our clearest chance, I mean, we all know which chance that is later on into the game, Tiggs, was, was David Brooks, who, yeah. who did most of it right, didn't he? Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant, I thought, that bit. I mean, you know, 
It's just so frustrating. He did all that work. But what what a saving slide there from Stuart. I mean, this is the thing, right? We go into that game. What do we gain from winning it? We we you know, we gain momentum for sure, but it meant a lot more to Wickham. And that was just so evident. You know, they needed to win. So and even though really they needed to score a lot of goals against us to have a chance of staying up, and they know that they are relegated. They've taken it to the last of the season. And that, again, like Thomas said, I mean, that will be part of their team talk, wouldn't it? You know, let's not get relegated today. Let's get relegated next week. Um, it was interesting as well about the players there. And Tom said about the team talk that he'd been given. He would, been, he would have had his players all week preparing themselves for Dan Juma and for Billing. Mm. So actually, it was interesting for me that the only player that I really saw glimpses, I mean, Pearson I thought was good, but Roro I thought did really well. And I wonder if that's because he's a different kind of player to Billing. So maybe that wasn't the kind of thing they were expecting. Um, trying to give him as a credit for it as well, though, because he was he did try and he did try to for, you know, force himself into Woodgate's mind. But Brooks, absent for long periods of the game, just, but that's what he is, isn't he? He brings in those moments of quality when you don't really expect them. And I think if we'd scored there, it would have been good to have got a draw. I still don't think we would have won the game, though. No, no, I don't think we would have. But the stats, Jeff, I mean, they're absolutely damning, aren't they, really? I mean, whilst we uh, are better in terms of percentage-wise of possession, you're looking at the shots, and we only got two shots on target, which I don't care who you're playing, the attacking quality that we've got, two is worrying. It's woeful. There were two things that really stood out for me yesterday. The slowness of some of our play, um, which felt again a bit JT-esque. I thought we'd got that out of our system, you know, possession for possession's sake, number of times, players. I mean, I, I, I kind of lost track when Jack would get the ball, Jack Stacey would be getting the ball deep inside their half on the wing, rather than put the ball in the box, just pass it back. And the ball ends up in our half again, you know, it goes back to the back four and they're playing it around and you think, hang on a minute, we were just up, we were just up in the final third, get the, get the ball in, get it in the box. And, and it was all of that slowness which just helped Wickham get organised and made them look better. And a number of times when we when we were breaking beyond their midfield, rather than play a pass mm. that might be a percentage pass, we'd rather hold the ball and turn back and keep possession. And I think that kind of that kind of slowness of thought and lack of bravery was really really um, evident yesterday. And that lack of bravery as well seems to be a bravery in the final third where we make poor decisions when we're when we've got the ball out wide. Just a number of times yesterday, you know, Jack would be down the flank, get behind their back four and put a put a ball in that gets cleared by the first defender. Rico would do the same. And you just think, just look up and play a better ball in. Look up and play a better ball in. And um I think Brooks not scoring straight after, you know, right? He was looking for the penalty rather than for the yeah. tapping. You know, if you're a, if you're somebody who's who's going for that goal, you make freaking sure you're going to score that goal. I mean, Tom, you'd have scored that, right? Oh, absolutely, no question. Yeah, but you know, David Brooks isn't me, Jeff. Um, but no, I I, I, agree, I agree with what you what you're saying. I, I think that the game, in terms of how the game went, it's literally all because of that first goal. Because as soon as Wickham get a goal after four minutes. If you look at any team that are expected to beat another team, you know, in any league, 
if the the team that are near the bottom get a goal very early, they're going to sit back. They'll sit back yeah. and they'll frustrate. And you will, and you can almost you'll think that the better team will have all the ball, but it'll be hard for them to break them down. They'll have to be patient, and they're, they're always going to have possession. And it's how how good they are with it. And we just weren't good enough with it. But we were always going to have the ball, and they're always going to frustrate. And that was from us giving them a silly goal early on, and not being you know in fair play to them as well. And they just frustrated us. My only trying to swing it onto a positive is that you won't get that against teams in the playoffs. Because teams in the playoffs think they're as good as us. They are not going to go into games. Um, or they wouldn't off before yesterday. My only my only kind of concern now is particularly Barnsley and Swansea. Swansea, the first time we played them, thought we were good. They, they really respected us yeah. at their place. And they just defended us, stuck 10 men behind the ball. And they got a clean sheet. They got a nil-nil against us, which is what they tried to get. Barnsley know how they can beat us. Brentford now they could be as Mike says if I was we, we mentioned it earlier but if you watch that game yesterday they go, you know what actually don't don't try and attack Bournemouth too much frustrate because you frustrate them just just frustrate them whereas we've done well against kind of better teams you know we've said already that we didn't lose to Norwich or Watford the two teams that have robbed the league because they try and play football mm. and we we like that and we'll go all right then we'll go toe to toe with you we have got good players but against the three teams that have gone down obviously we've played them all twice six times we won two games haven't we yeah. I mean, that's awful. And that's because them teams just frustrate the hell out of us. And it just, yeah, and we don't seem to be very good at kind of being patient and finding an opening. We team seem to panic and we just go backwards. And, so, and we're very predictable. Um, and obviously, yesterday, a big part of it was some of them players that can have that unpredictability. People like Dan Juma were obviously rested. So, you know, they will come back in. But um, yeah, that, that's my, in one way, it's my concern because there's an obvious way that frustrates us. But on the other hand, it's it's against the lower teams. Well, we're playing against better footballing teams in the playoffs. Might help us. Who knows? The, the other thing was that, uh, uh, look at the foul count from yesterday. We gave away 17 free kicks in that game. Yeah. Lots of silly fouls. You know, the, when we get frustrated, we do that. You know, we're not street smart enough to to see when they're when they're going to go for the foul and, and restrain ourselves. You know, that it was... It was soft so soft so many times so i think i think you're right you know it's it's what a number of teams successfully have done to us and you can also bring derby into that bottom three bottom four oh, you know correct. eight points out of 24 16 points gone begging against the bottom four sides and where are those 16 points going to take us automatic promotion i'm trying to be positive you know we've we should learn from that we'll have better players coming in and uh we'll play an 11 that'll be energised and determined to get through. And I think that will help us. There's two ways that I'm looking at yesterday's performance, Tiggs. And there are going to be other teams like Swansea and Brentford who'll be looking at that and they'll be thinking, they're rubbish without their star men. In the first mm. like in the first leg, let's go out and let's be brutal with them. Let's give them a nudge. Let's, you know, not I wouldn't but say be so cynical as to injure them, but they know how much we rely on those players. And you can see it, actually, because... You know, against Wickham, once they went 1-0 up, there were a couple of times where we were, you know, trying to break through. They had 10 men behind the ball. They just had their lone striker up top. And David Brooks isn't that type of player that will, you know, try to get in behind. He always likes to, you know, cut in on his left foot, by which time there's like, you know, two banks of four in front of him and and usually like a couple of others. And Junior Stanislas isn't really that type of player. The only players that really got him behind were, you know, Dan Juma when he plays. And, you know, Jack Stacey managed to get to the byline and cut the ball back a few times. But, you know, other than that, 
we didn't have any of that. So that's all that's all Wickham like really needed to do, just get their players behind the ball, because they probably knew that we haven't got the quality on the wing with Dan Juma to actually, you know, try to get in behind them. So it shows how much reliance we have got on certain players. We need to wrap them up in cotton wool. So maybe Woodgate was right. Yeah, maybe it was. And I think, you know, we're talking about we've already drawn comparisons to when we were playing under Tyndall and when we hit the malaise with him, what it looked like. If you go right back to the beginning of the season, we had lots of games where it was a bit like this. And then we had one moment from one player who scored yeah. an incredible goal. And a lot of our goals, first 10 games, you look at our goals, they were great. And a lot of them were from well outside the box. And you think, okay, why aren't we doing that anymore? Why are we trying to pass the ball into the back of the net? Why are we trying to hold possession? Why aren't we taking a shot? You're telling me that if we give the ball to Wickham, they're going to score. They might do, but we've got nothing to lose from the game. You know, we really haven't. We're in the playoffs. So that's the most frustrating thing from yesterday. We didn't take any risks. Um, and if you're going to be a fringe player at Bournemouth and you want a chance of starting, you've got to take risks. And I, I don't think Woodgate would have told him not to. I really don't. I think he would have said to him, look, lads, this is your chance. Let me see how you, you know how you get on. Mm. I, think Woodgate would, I think Woodgate would be almost kind of concerned at the fact of the lack of characters he had there in the sense that mm. he's given people an opportunity and said, if you want to get back into the squad, here you go. And it felt like apart from Roro, I mean, Ben Pearson was, was good, but we think he is one that will play anyway. Obviously chose to rest Lerma instead. Um, apart from Roro, who I think has got his own personal thing anyway, he's a typical lone player young lad, very raw. You can see that. It's not, not the finished article, but he's a lone player who's just going out there and trying to express himself and, you know, fair play to him. But the others, he's gone, you've got an opportunity to try and force your way into, into the team for the playoffs, for the big games. And they all look like they went out there to protect themselves and thought, I don't want to get injured because then I won't be able to play. It, they all play within themselves. That's a, that's, a, that's a worrying kind of characteristic to have because... You'd won. I kind of looked at it and thought, you know what? It might be a good thing because these players are going to be well fired up. I would be. I'd think this is my chance. I thought I'm, we, were on a, we were on a massive winning run. I'm never going to get in this team. I've been given this one opportunity against, you know, no disrespect, a team that are getting relegated. I can go out there and really do something here and I'll be in the team. Yeah. And none of them took that chance, which um, I think there's literally only one, you know, I'm hoping Kelly will come back, obviously. He's been injured. There's only one position and that's right back that you can, apart from that, it's, it's pretty much bang on, isn't it? I mean, yeah, maybe Brooks, Stanislas, but Stanislas ain't as effective on, on that side. But yeah, it's, it's a concern because I thought that it would have, how lovely would it have been if Wilshire had just been unbelievable and we'd go, hang on a minute, how can you drop him now? You want yeah. them sort of problems and Woodgate gave himself an opportunity to have them problems and none of them really took it. Like you say, probably Roro um, aside. No, I was just going to say, I'd add Junior to that as well, Tom, because I thought, Yesterday, you know, he's he's obviously a player who feels like he's not automatic first teamer because of the way Dan Juma and Brooks are ahead of him now in that four three three, and he would he when he's coming on sub the last couple of games, I just think he's been slightly off it. And yesterday with a full game, he was slightly off it again. Um, and yet, you think if you if you put yourself in a good position with a great performance yesterday, you're in that team. Yeah, and what, what was what was going to that actually is Junior was one that I thought take your opportunity. He played within himself like he didn't want to get injured and he ultimately got injured. So it yeah. doesn't make it, do you know what I mean? I'm, he pulled yeah. his hamstring, didn't he, at the end? And, you know, so it's, that's the thing. You talk about rotation to keep people fresh. People get injured in training. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes I think just, yeah, but I think it's, it's, it's a difficult one. But yeah, Junior was another one that I, he almost looks to me sometimes like a player that thinks he shouldn't be, he almost thinks, why am I being dropped? 
Yeah. I feel like that sometimes. And sometimes I look at him and think, actually, he gets a lot of stick, Julia. I think he's he scored quite a lot. I think his stats, goals and assists, are virtually the same as Saar at Watford. They're virtually the same, goals and assists. He has still got quite a lot of numbers and he's definitely not as effective on the right. But I, I, I think he's made just as much impact on games over the course of the season as David Brooks, personally. It's just a shame for him that Arnie, yeah. it's not for us, a shame for him that Arnie's been unbelievable. But yeah, since he's kind of come out of the team, he's not been the type of player that's really gone, I'm getting myself back in there. He almost he looks a bit stroppy. That's just, yeah. just just what I think a little bit, yeah. He dragged um, us through some games, didn't he? He did, on. that's what I mean, yeah. He really on. did. And I think the thing that goes against Junior is he can play in about four, maybe mm-hmm. even five positions on the pitch. But, he's not, but there's other players who... When they put him in, they don't put him in his strongest position. They put him in one of the other four positions that he could play. That, it's, almost that's against... it's almost yeah. a hindrance. hindrance because I said it. People are saying like Adam Smith's had a bad season, but it's not his fault that he was used as a left back for ages because we didn't yeah. have a good left back. Just because he can do a job there, it's not. And then he's right back. Then he's on the wing, and yeah, I think sometimes that is a hindrance when you can do a decent job in loads of places. You never get to get your own position down, and maybe we're seeing that with Wilshire as well now coming in with one manager now being playing a different role. But yeah. Of course, yeah, there's loads of, loads of things in there with the rotation, but I think we know most of our best players anyway. And we also need Kelly. We also need Kelly at left back to do those yeah. overlaps with Njuma because, oh God, you know, Junior didn't get much help from Rico. So he did got a bit in the first half, but didn't get much sort of distraction. It was all on all, all on him. And I think Kelly at left back is essential for, for that left side to be the threat that it's been over the last seven or eight games. So what about Smithy, Stacey then, Tom? Who would be your preferred option at right back? It's a real tough one, actually. I think that's a really, really tough call. I, I, I think that's that's one that I wouldn't disagree with either. I think Stacey never lets us down. He always works hard. And I think his energy is always good. Um, final ball isn't always there. But then, to be fair to him, there's a few times yesterday where he tried to cut it back and it was just Surridge on his own yeah. um, in there. He does get it. He's, he's a good player. He's probably... I'd, I'd probably say he's a technically a better player than Adam Smith. He's got a lot more qualities than Adam Smith. He's a bit, phys- uh, bit physically bigger... Um, I think we've seen that. It, it might depend on the opponent. I think sometimes Smith gets caught with that ball at the back stick because um, he's not very good in the air. But what I will say is I always feel like we have a bit more balance when it's Smithy. Yeah. And Woodgate's definitely used Smithy more. And then qu- I quite like the thought of Stacey can come on in front of him, potentially, yeah. or later on in the game, say, when a team just naturally goes more direct if they're trying to get a goal. Stacey's a better option to bring on. But I, that's one of them positions where I'd kind of go... Yeah, I've got to leave that at Woodgate. That's probably on on the opponents, maybe. That's probably on something that see how they play a little bit more because I think there's weaknesses and strengths in both of them. But um, there's not one that's leaps about. We've probably got two of the best right backs in the league, to be honest. The other, whichever one doesn't play, we're probably getting the team we're playing, which is um, mm. quite, was quite good. I don't think either of them really let us down, um, like I say. But yeah, on the other side, like Jeff said, I feel like Rico has kind of been, yesterday I thought it in particular, he's fought. I don't want to get caught. I've been caught too many times. Yeah. And, and if I'm going to get my team, I can't afford a goal to go in because I've been caught and he wasn't getting forward because it was almost like he was a bit afraid, I felt. He was playing within himself a lot. But um, yeah, uh, but we need Kelly's, Kelly's leaps and bounds above Rico, whereas Stacey and Smith, I think you can flip a coin. Mm, hopefully he'll come back um, very strong. Um, Jeff, did you manage to catch much of Woodgate's post-match interview? And if so, what did you think? What, you know, what did you think of the words you... You said. Um, overall, I think I'd summarise it in the words: "I'm not bothered, really, that we lost." And 
Now, the most important thing for him yesterday was that uh, most of the players played through it, got some game time, didn't get injured. Junior aside, I mean, Junior's a bench player, but actually with the way Roro played, I'd be disappointed if I'm Roro not getting off the bench first ahead of Junior after yesterday. So I think he's probably relieved that they got through that without too much damage to some of the bench players and some of the starters, you know, uh, Begovic, CCV and Pearson, uh, automatic starters, I'd say. Brooks did some decent bits in flashes, but I think Brooks as well is probably better in combo with Smith than he is with Stacey, funnily enough. I, I hear what you say, yeah. Tom, but they do mm. seem to be a bit more creative and, and are probably the, the best combination on that side. So Woodgate, oh, he also, he also came out with a classic, you know, it's a difficult pitch, which... Come on, you know, Preston was a difficult pitch. Not that one yesterday. I mean, that was that was fine. So, a very understated post-match interview, I thought. Yeah, and Woodgate Tiggs, we've always heard him say in his interviews that he's always concentrating on the next match. You know, the next match is the only one. But arguably, this is the first time he hasn't done that. And then we play probably the worst football since he's been in charge. Yeah, I agree. Um I also wonder, it's interesting, when you said that, you, you did a little spark in my head, Sam. I also wonder, you know, what else is he thinking about now? Is he is he thinking just about one next game or is he thinking about plan A, plan B for the end of this season? Because um, the way that we played yesterday, it just it just felt like that, that didn't mean anything else to it or anything to him, but something else must mean something to him. So... He's got his mind elsewhere. A, a point was made last night on the free throw. I think it was it John Spark came on. Yeah. And he said that, you know, if we don't get promoted this season, that could well be the players that are playing for us week in, week out next season. That could be our starting eleven. So that's a really interesting point, isn't it? Because you think of the players that are missing, uh, then a lot of them are likely to be the players that get poached. I think we'd be lucky to have we'd be very lucky to have Asmir Begovic, Cameron yeah. Carter Vickers, <laughs> David Brooks. Next season, if we don't go up personally, I think um, I don't think Wilshire will be here either. So I think it'll probably be weaker than that. I think you've yeah. got a. Um, I, I genuinely, you know, let's, let's, let's hope it doesn't happen. But I genuinely think that um, if we if we weren't to go up, we'd, we're more likely to see Jaden Anthony starting games and, and things like that. I think if we try try to like kind of leave it on a positive, I think that Raquel May's got to start in the Stoke game. Yeah. He's, what what Woodgate's got to do now is I gave loads of you an opportunity. And none of you really done anything. So, you know, Lerma, you're back in. Will she didn't do enough. Dom, you're back in. Sarge didn't. But Raquel, me, you're staying. Because because you deserve one more chance to see if you can try and sh- give me a problem going into the playoffs. Because if he's the best player on the pitch against Stoke, he's the only one that's g- gave himself a chance, isn't he? Um, yeah. So I think he'll definitely start. But, um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult one. And he... I don't know if he would have... He definitely didn't seem like Jeff said on the, on the interview. He didn't seem that bothered, which is weird for someone who always says it's the next game. It's the next game. But ultimately, when you've got someone like that, he will be... If you go, if we go up and, and we, we win the playoffs, he'll go, I was right to rest them players against Wickham, wasn't he? And we go, yeah, fair enough. Because it's all about the result the, at the end of it, isn't it? You know, you see teams all the time, teams like Man City and stuff like that, resting players because they've got so many competitions. They're going to beat Paris Saint-Germain the way that they did. No one cares that they rest players in the FA Cup now. Yeah. But if, if, yeah. it's all about backing it up, isn't it? If we had, um, the simple fact is, if we had won three, if I'd asked everyone now, we went three, four nil yesterday, but Dan Juma got injured, we'd prefer to have lost one nil yeah. and him be rested and be fresh. So really, you know, trying to look at it in that way, he was, there was always going to be positives and negatives, whatever he did. 
Um, but simple fact is, a defeat was better, weirdly, than losing a key, key player. It, it was. It simply was. And I think that's probably, that edged it for Woodgate. And he probably thought, this is the best one to rest them. Because if I rest them for Stoke as well, then it'll be like three weeks until they've played. And they'll be, you know what I mean? won't be fresh or anything. So I think he'll play them and then they'll have kind of, I think it's like nine days in that break after that. So um, I think it was, it was hopefully it was, um, it was the right thing. I understood it. What I found a little bit baffling, not baffling, that's unfair to Woodgate, but I wondered if he was going to change the personnel, why didn't he try changing the formation? You know, mm. asking Sam Surridge to play that Dom Solanke role was probably a little bit unfair, to be honest, the type of player that he is. It would have been interesting. You know, you got, you want to bring in fringe players, Maybe play them in different positions. Try something a bit different. Because that's the only... Well, not the only, but this is one of the concerns I have going into the playoffs is that we've decided we've got, you know, we've got our formation. Great. Do we have a plan B? And when we do introduce a plan B, it's so late in the game. I just hope that there's a little bit more flexibility. Because all of our forward players aren't the same. They're all different. And they all work differently in different ways. And they would complement each other, some of them, together, I think. But I just wonder if, if we're too rigid we're going to be too rigid going forward and not prepared to change that. Yeah, Jeff, uh, you know, the media are now going to be looking at this result and they're going to be dictating how our form is based on it. I mean, had we beat Wickham and if we win next week, it would be, what, nine wins in ten. But now they're going to be looking at two defeats in three. That's our form that's going into the playoffs. Mm. Does it really matter? Well, you, you you can look at evidence... Um, in a number of ways and Villa when they got promoted a couple of seasons ago went on a terrific run and then stumbled going into the playoffs and actually yeah. scraped through but still got up so you can look at that uh, Fulham last year uh, lost to Brentford twice home and away and beat them in the final went up so you know there's that on the plus side so we could do it um, but I'm, I'm sure anyone looking at yesterday will think eh, you know, we're vulnerable. We've lost that sort of self-belief that we had a couple of weeks ago. I honestly think uh, when he picks the team against Stoke, he'll, pro- he'll probably start with certainly the the front three that... that um, well, actually, no, you know what? I think he might start with uh, Roro instead of Brooks. And I think he might start with uh, Solanke and Danjuma, maybe play them for 60 minutes, get... get a couple of goals, try to see off uh, an unambitious Stoke, and then you know let's let's bank that result because that win absolutely will definitely get a Swansea home and away. Yeah, and that's yeah. the semi that we would have taken if we had a choice of all of them. That's the team we would have wanted, right? I think so, and I'm just a little bit wary that uh, Swansea might try and defend deep like they did against us when we played them first game away at their place rather than the sort of more open way they played against us uh, at Vitality. Um, however, I actually think it's going to be much better for us to play them away first. So really keen to get the result against Stoke and then uh, bank on Swansea getting nothing from Watford away last game of the season, which would be a tough one for them. I think Watford will probably want to win that and expect to win that. And so, yeah, finish finish fourth, play them as the fifth team, gives us a, a strong chance to go there, get a nil-nil and then turn them over 3-0 at our place, just like we did in the league. Yeah, Swansea, Tom, it's, a, it's the match that we want. And, you know, Brentford, if they face Barnsley, I nearly forgot who it was then, if they face Barnsley, I mean, that's not an easy tie for them, is it? No, I don't think any of them are 
kind of foregone conclusions and we know what the championship's like. And like we've alluded to there, Brentford, uh, probably, you'd probably say, you know, the, the reason they're third is because they've been the best team in terms of the four that are in it over the course of the season. But Brentford are always in the playoffs and Brentford never get out of the playoffs. So it depends how you look at everything. You know, like we're saying, you can always make the argument work. You know, if you want to be, you know, a, ne- a more negative, pessimistic fan would say that no three teams that have come down for the Premier League have gone straight back up together. Never happened. But if you're a positive fan, you'll say, well, the last time Norwich and Watford got promoted, we were the other team that got promoted. So, you know, you can you can make the argument for it. I think the, the fact of the matter is, we're, with the squad we've got, and we should be able to beat anyone over two legs, in my opinion. Um we're, we're more than match once you're in the playoffs. It's 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 you know it's obviously the equivalent of being in a semi-final of a cup competition. Really, anyone can win it. It's about how you turn up over over two legs, and then in a, in a final. What I will say is, I think if we got to a final, um, I back us. I, I think we've got more experience than than the other teams. I think in terms of Brentford, I think that psychological thing of never getting out of the playoffs would hit them at Wembley. Hopefully, fans would come back as well. I think that would really be over them. I still look at Swansea, and, and like you say, we'd probably have to beat them anyway um, on the looks of it to get there. And Barnsley are still, you know, they've been a bit of a surprise package, haven't they? But still lack a bit of a bit of experience. So I'd, yeah, I'd, I'm still quite confident. It's it's difficult when you're invested in it, but I think if you if you were a neutral, I think you would still be looking at Bournemouth and saying they've just got that got a little bit too much. And because of the Brentford thing, everyone every year thinks Brentford are going to do it and don't. So I still think we'd be the be the favourites personally, but anything can happen in the playoffs. Um, so we'll see, but it's, it's yeah. going to be exciting. Anyway, it's better than mid-table mediocrity or whatever, isn't it? It's nice to have a, have a season like this. It's, it's it's difficult because it's not been a great season, but it's better than, than what we saw at the end of last season and we knew we were getting relegated. So try and enjoy it and hopefully we can, we can end this season, which it. seems to have just been awful. We can end it with going up at Wembley. Uh, you know, and look, Tiggs, We've got experience of lifting silverware this season anyway, haven't we? Oh, so, look at that. Wake up. <laughs> we've got champions, you'll never see that. Oh, look that at goals. Dan Gosling, look at that. I mean, it's, it, it's mad. I mean, Pew even played that game, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, he um, did. He... Sorry, go on, Tiggs. No, no, I was just saying, no, no, yeah, he did. He did. He definitely did. I he was going to say, do you remember we had a goalkeeper called Archer? Was that yeah. his name? Yeah. We had a goalkeeper on trial, didn't we? Um, and he he played in goal. Yeah, as a as a weird there one. But, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, that's that's all. That at the end of, at the end of the day, that's what that's what it's all about this season. What it left in the Betway Cup. So um, <laughs> still got so, more silverware than Watford to get this season. So, so nervous the nervousness levels. I mean, over the past five minutes when we've been talking about the playoffs, I'm starting to feel I'm starting to feel the butterflies ticks. You? Yeah, a little bit. I'm, little I'm bit. Just run, after that Stoke game, I'll definitely feel it. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, I mean, and it's funny, right? We're talking about results and how they'll go. This weekend, you look at the results that, that sort of the top six teams had. A lot of them weren't expected. Anything could still happen in this. I know it should be Swansea. It should be Swansea. But I think the thing we forget is for Stoke, they've not had a great season. And a bit like Wickham, if they can get something against us, what a lift for the end of the season for them. Mm. Yeah. I'm hoping yeah, they're on the beach because, let's face it, there ain't too many beaches in Stoke, are there? So. <laughs> no, there are not. Hi, this is Steve Persis. You're listening to Back of the Net. Brilliant to hear from the boys. And, yeah, if you want to keep up to date with everything that we're putting out, despite the fact we're not tweeting this weekend due to the obvious boycott, which is happening across football, and uh, fair play to everyone that's getting involved. It's going to hit them in the pocket, I'm telling you now. Then you can go to youtube.com forward slash 
AFCB podcast. So that just about wraps up another pod. Thanks so much. We really enjoyed, well, I say really enjoyed, we didn't actually at all. But it was good to interact with people with the watch along at the weekend, myself and Tom Jordan. I don't think there's any stats left because previously we were unbeaten in the watch along, 100% record. And then Jeff came along, we lost to Brentford. So me and Tom were unbeaten in the watch along. We can't even say that now. Me and Tiggs are. No idea what we're going to do for Stoke. But either way, four games to go. If we're going to do it, that's how many games we've got left. By the way, thanks for all your support financially for the channel. We were having back-of-the-net mugs, and we put them on the website, our Ko-Fi website this weekend. Every single one of them sold. Unbelievable. But if you want to contribute, just go to afcbpodcast.com forward slash coffee. We really do appreciate it. Plus, for free, you can leave a review on your podcast app because all the reviews that we get, honestly, they do really help us. You can just put a five-star if you want or four-star, whatever you think of us. Uh, You don't have to leave some words, but if you can, we would greatly appreciate it. And uh, um, a nod of respect and a doth of a cap to you for helping us out. Anyway, until the next one, which will be episode 124, thanks very much. And you've been listening to Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. Beyond Walker. Pew. Pew! That'll do it! That will do it! Pew for Bournemouth! The roof of the gold sands is raised! Everyone here knows what that could mean to this football club. Podcast Network.